Hi, thanks for joining us. Before we get started, let me tell you about Peterson Toyota. They're currently running their Toyotathon sales event all through December. Stop by for the hottest deals of the year. This is a company that's been serving customers for more than 52 years in Fort Collins. They've mastered knowing what people want from a car dealership, and they've built their business around serving people well. They're the largest automotive dealership in Northern Colorado, and yet they care for each and every customer for the lifetime of their vehicle needs. You can expect high quality vehicles at the right price. This family owned business proudly serves the communities of Fort Collins, Greeley, Windsor, Loveland, and the surrounding communities. They're loyal to Colorado State University, and we couldn't be more proud to have them as a partner. When you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, make Peterson Toyota your first choice. Thanks. All right, welcome to Ram Nation Radio. This is episode number 21. That's uh, We didn't quite make our mark of, of recording every week of the year, but <laughs> but uh, started in, in April and um, we've, we've come a long way. So uh, I appreciate everybody listening. Today, I've got my usual co-host, Mike Rowe, joining me along with the famous or infamous Swole Cracker, Steve Ivey, going to join us here for both segments. Uh, and then we're going to welcome in Aaron Katsuma, CSU's Director of Men's Basketball Operations in our second segment, talk a little hoops, talk about the challenges that he's faced and the, the program has faced in the, uh, in the COVID pandemic era right now. So uh, obviously they have been shut down for a little while and we've lost some games, but it'll be interesting talking with him. Guys, thanks for joining us. How you been? Surviving, man, surviving. Since the last time we spoke, my... Uh... School district, almost every school district in the state has shut down and moved to remote learning. So, you know, I have a pre-K that is remote learning and I'm teaching online. I'm dancing around like a fat circus bear trying to entertain kids at 30 minutes at a time, but making it, you know, we're surviving. That's good. Steve, you doing all right? Yeah, you still recovering with your... We're doing good. Family's doing well. We... Um, my daughter and uh, new son-in-law came in for Thanksgiving from Utah. Uh, they had already made plans to come to Colorado before we went to Red Levels in Larimer County. Um, and they flew in Monday, the day before the, uh, the Red Levels kicked in. So we felt a little guilty uh, about things, but um, we managed our way to make our way through it. Um, had we gotten confronted by the, uh, by the authorities um, we would have said it's not a gathering. Uh, funerals are allowed to have 30 and we killed a turkey today. So we would have figured out. Uh, I don't think you were too much of a super spreader there, Steve. Uh, we got together with our, our family as well uh, in the next neighborhood over and uh, it was nice to see everybody. So hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Um, I know we have about, well, here comes Aaron. Let's just, let's just bring Aaron in early. We were going to have yeah, Aaron yeah. on in the second segment, but let's just bring him on now. Hey, Aaron. What's going on, guys? Aaron, how you doing, man? Steve, my guy. <laughs> I just noticed something. Um, we ha- Obviously, we have a beard contest going on, and, uh, and we're showing our ages as well. You young, me not so. No, mine's – yeah, I've been growing mine for probably like three months. You didn't have that back when we golfed in March. No, I, I, um, it was, 
August, it was probably twice the size. Like it was down to here. <laughs> and then I, uh, I, I messed up shaving. I tried to trim it and I couldn't see under here. So then I had to, I started up here and I took a huge chunk off. And so then I had to cut it off. But now it's, it's back. We just got out of a, a little practice kind of deal. So nice. Good to hear that. And Steve, the only reason mine doesn't look like yours is it just doesn't come across like that in on the camera. But in person, man, I got a lot of I got a lot of platinum highlights in my beard. <laughs> and I'm the only fresh shaven guy on here. <laughs> You're the only disciplined <laughs> disciplined nah, one. I, I shave I about every three weeks now. I definitely have gone through the the facial hair phase during uh, the last eight months, but I can't stand it. It's itchy. So. Well, Aaron, uh, let me introduce you. We're happy to welcome in Aaron Katsuma, currently in his third season as Director of Men's Basketball Operations for CSU. Came to CSU after spending a year with Nico at uh, Drake, and he was the Director of Operations there as well. Prior to his time at Drake, spent seven years with the University of Minnesota Men's Basketball Program, most recently as the Assistant Director of Player Personnel. And during his seven seasons there, Gophers made four postseason appearances, including an NIT uh, title in 2014 and NCAA tournaments appear tournament appearances in 2013 and 2017. And uh, we're expecting big things here already. Uh, they've done a, a great job turning around this program, uh, but still big things to come. Aaron, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. I was going to ask you, uh, I know we just touched on it, but how did, how did your golf game shape up this year after we played back in March? That was, it's so weird thinking back to that because that was literally basically a day or two before everything started shutting down. I think we got the phone. Nico got a phone call while we were golfing that the program was getting shut down. Yeah. So, no, I mean, it's been good for my golf game. This, uh, the, this whole COVID, um, I think I went to a, from a 14.6 to a 9.2. handicap. so I've, I've been playing a lot. Um, uh, it's, it's been the one maybe positive thing about this whole thing. So, um, but yeah, no, it's it's improved. You could be an assassin with a at a nine. I mean, you are uh, you've got a nice smooth swing, a good ball. I, I've played with him several times. He, he when he hits it, he hits it a mile. Yep. <laughs> but not you know, coach is still. I think he's a uh, two. I think he went from a four to a two this summer. So I mean, he still he still has me. But uh, mm -hmm. we've had a few battles on the out on Harmony this this summer. So. Um, Hopefully I'll catch them by the end of next summer. That's, that's the goal at least. Well, as you guys have, have started up camp and, and then had to shut down, first of all, just tell us um, everything that your, your role entails and then how the COVID pandemic has kind of posed some challenges for you. I mean, I, I, I would imagine that as part of your role, you're dealing with scheduling and travel and um, a lot of that coordination and that falls on your shoulders. How have you navigated all of this stuff? Um, over the last few months sure so so you know some roles in particular that I have I oversee academics um you know making sure our guys are on time to to class and study hall and obviously that's looked a little different here this fall um with with most of our guys being online but um we have a great academic advisor and Joy Benefau who you know makes sure these guys know what they have to do on a daily basis and uh, does a great job I think we have currently seven guys over 3.0 over, you know, out of 12, which is, which is phenomenal. Um, and then on top of that, just making sure, you know, 
coordinating our daily schedule and making sure our players know, you know, where they need to be, when they need to be there um, on a daily basis. And then, like you said, scheduling, um, that's, that's one of my main responsibilities right now is to, is to figure out, you know, who we're playing, when we're playing them, um, and just adjusting on the fly. Um, obviously, you know, we were scheduled to play the 25th of November and the 26th of November out in, out in Oregon. Um, that fell through uh, due to our, some positive tests we had. And, um, but, yeah, we're, we're just like everybody else, just trying to schedule games on the fly here. Um, hopefully have, a, have an announcement here in the near future on what um, our schedule may look like here in the next week and a half or two. So, um, you know, our guys are chomping at the bit to get on the court. And, um, and like you said, with travel, I mean, uh, we, we got our conference slate. So most of that is set in stone. But some of these other games where we might have to go on the road to, you know, out in California, we're kind of waiting last minute to book things and hotels. And, um, you know, we were supposed to we're, – we're going to St. Mary's as of right now on December 19th. And, you know, originally we were planning on staying at one place while their kitchen and – meeting spaces just got um, um, we're not able to access them anymore so now we're staying somewhere else so things like that that uh, have been challenging but overall you know the teams that are going to have the most success this year will be able to uh, adjust and adapt um, stay together and meet this adversity head on so so you you just brought up uh, your work with the on the academic side which amazing job I just want to commend you and, and everybody that's involved with that when you came in CSU wasn't in that position um, just what are some of the things that, that you've done that, that the program has changed to turn that around well first and foremost I think you know we treat academics in the, the same as we would um, practice the training room um, I think we brought kids in who truly value their um, education I think that's that's something that we've stressed upon their parents and, and the kids as we recruit them. Um, you know, coach was at Furman University, which is a high academic school. And so um, that's, you know, we stress academics. That's, that's first and foremost. Obviously, the basketball piece is important, but getting your education, graduating is, is something that we truly value um, for these kids because basketball, you know, doesn't last forever. And so um, to, to get an education from Colorado State University is something that, um, they'll have for the rest of their lives and moving forward um, as they transition from basketball into a career. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, we have, I think we have the best academic advisor in the country. I mean, she, um, she's in constant contact with our guys and something that we do that's unique is we have academic teams. So although I oversee all of academics, each coach, myself, JR, Ali, and coach Thorson, um, we each oversee four, student or three student athletes. And so we have their syllabi, we know what's due. Um, if there's any issues, you know, myself, whoever their academic coaches and joy will always be in a group chat with, with that particular student and um, make sure, you know, Hey, you know, and, and they know the consequences if they're not doing the right things. So, but we, we haven't had any issues with, with this group, with actually quite frankly, the last year's group either. I mean, for the most part, um, these guys, I mean, they're, self-motivated which is awesome so I, I, if i could pipe in just a little bit um is uh does anybody have any issues with adam thistlewood i found him to be like incredibly uh, just incredibly bright and incredible student now, who who oversees him and do you really have to do anything with him 
you know, it's funny. Like we really don't have to oversee a lot of our guys. Um, I mean, Isaiah Rivera right now, all of our freshmen are above a 3.0. Actually, they're all above a 3.5, I believe. So just, I think it tells you the kind of, you know, um, the type of kids we're bringing in and the culture that we're trying to establish. Adam, like you said, I'm pretty sure Coach Thorson has him, but no, he, he's, you know, he gets his work done. And and so does, quite frankly, all of our guys. I mean, they, they truly value the education piece and see themselves as more than athletes, which is great. Yeah, the, re the reason I brought up Adam was I had a conversation with him uh, last summer. So two summers, not this year, but uh, the year before, after his freshman year. And he had he was talking about a summer school class he was taking and he's writing some code or whatever. He's a computer yeah. science major. And uh, I said, uh, so like operating system stuff. And he said, no, a little underneath that. Basically, he's already writing code for integrated circuits and that kind of stuff, which between freshman and sophomore year college is, is pretty far along the pretty far along the path in terms of uh, computer science. So I was, I was incredibly impressed. I worked with a ton of people at Hewlett Packard in my career there um, that, you know, I could talk a little bit about it. He was so far along. It was uh, amazing. Yeah, he's, he's a, certainly a bright kid and has a bright future. Um, once the ball stops, you know, dribbling. So, no. So it, it, there haven't been, it doesn't sound like there have been any necessarily additional challenges with fewer on-campus or in-person learning activities for, for the students. They're, they're, you said they're self-motivated, they're getting their work done, they're doing what needs to be done. Is that? No, that's accurate. That's accurate. And, and I think the, the professors on campus, you know, have, have done a great job too of, of making themselves available um, when needed. And um, our guys, like I said, you know, they're, they're not, they're, they're humble enough to, if they need help, they go ask for help, uh, you know, so I think, like I said, they're, they're self-motivated. Um, you know, we have a goal of being a all-academic, NCAA all-academic team, um, and that's coming from our players. That's not us. Uh, we have a couple guys who now going into their junior year um, could be academic all-Americans potentially. So, um, like I said, they're self-motivated and, you know, they know where everyone's at academically too. You know, they talk amongst each other. And, um, and so that, that motivates them as well. You know, this kid's got a 3.8, I want a 3.8, you know what I mean? And so um, they see the accolades and kind of the, the perks that come with, with being a, a good student along with a good basketball player, so. Uh, that's a lot different than my buddies that played whenever I went in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> they were too busy at Tangs. Yep. Hey, Aaron, so going back to the schedule briefly, and because we're all itching for some hoops, well, I'm sure as much as you guys were bummed, we were all bummed to lose those couple games out in California. Uh, and then, you know, obviously have the San Diego State games postponed. And then, of course, losing CU and UNC, um, especially the Buffs. Any hope for those games to be rescheduled, uh, in particular CU, UNC, or just right down the road? Um, and then anything else you can tell us about possibilities for out of conference or you know St. Mary's right now one that we're looking at are there are options for for anything else besides them yeah so um with the new le legislation that that came about scheduling um you know you're either allowed to play 25 games or you're allowed to play you know 25 and an MTE um there's still some potential that we might be able to get into an MTE late here um, but it's likely that we'll play 25 games, 20 conference games, obviously the San Diego State games, 
um, down there or over there were, were postponed, um, but, but we'll play those eventually. Um, we've already had conversations with them about when we can reschedule and whatnot. Um, in terms of, of CU and, and UNC and DU, um, as of right now, I mean, we're, we're in continuous talks with, you know, those three schools in particular about, you know, if something happens, you know, that'll be something that might be put together in 24 or 48 hours. And um, so that, so those games are not dead whatsoever. I mean, we're working with them on a daily basis, like I said, to try to figure something out. They want to play, um, you know, all three schools want to play. We want to play all three schools. So uh, it wouldn't shock me at all if somehow, some, somewhere we play them, whether that's in December or January, February, um, we're going to try to make something happen. Um, you know, like I said earlier, we hope to release something here in the next, you know, early next week in terms of what, what our first couple of games might look like. Uh, obviously, we have St. Mary's on the 19th, but we will play games before that. Um, and, and then a couple, maybe a game or two after, before Christmas. Um, and then we're exploring one possible high major opponent, possibly right after our, our Fresno State series. So we're constantly looking at options. And, you know, we want to maximize the amount of games possible that we can play, whether that's 25 or 27. So, um, you know, we might have to play back-to-back -back nights early. That might just, you know, that might be something we have to do. But I think our guys are just, like I said, they're chomping at the bit and they're ready to play. And it doesn't matter who, where, when, um, we'll be ready. So. And when, you know, in a typical year, you're trying to schedule a nice balanced schedule where it's, you've got, you can put together a, a nice win-loss record as well as uh, impress the committee, right, and, and position yourself for postseason. Yep. And it, it, right now, is it just a free for all and just try to survive and get what you can on the on the slate, or is it, are you still have those principles where you're trying to to put together the best resume possible and, and put yourself into a position of success? Yeah, you know, um, obviously this year will be a little unique, but um, I think the, the the committee realizes that, and I think they're going to put more emphasis on just you know trying to maximize the amount of games you can play. I test more so than maybe analytics or numbers. Um, so, you know, like I said, I mean, CU is a very good team down the road. UNC is another very good team down the road. DU, you know, they can go beat anybody as well. So, I mean, if we can get those three games somehow, and obviously St. Mary's is an NCAA tournament caliber team. Um, so, I mean, we're still going to have opportunities to play really, you know, the Mountain West Conference with San Diego State, Boise State, Utah State, uh, UNLV, I mean, you go, you go down the list. I mean, there are no cupcakes, especially playing them, you know, two in a row. It's going to be extremely difficult. And, um, but uh, we feel like right now, as we sit, we'll, we'll have, you know, if we, if we can take care of business in the non-league, we, you know, and take, you know, and win some games in conference that we could be right there at the end of the day. I wanted to ask you, and this will be my last question on the scheduling. You guys can jump in, but how do you like what the Mountain West has done with the, those two games back to back with a, a night in between, you know, to kind of minimize the travel, get you in and out of a, of a place and get your games in. Obviously it presents some challenges when you got to go on the road and play uh, at San Diego state, you know, twice in two nights or three nights. Uh, but you also get some teams that you could play at home uh, without having to travel. That's kind of nice to have on your home court twice. So what, how, how, what's your outlook on that? You know, I think that was probably the best um, result we could have asked for in terms of getting the, getting 20 conference games in, um, you know, it would be hard to do one-off conference games and 
Um, I mean, you see it around the country right now. I mean, I think there's 30 plus some teams that are still on pause or um, as we stand today. And, you know, as we continue to move here more, more and more, we'll, that'll happen to more and more teams. So uh, I think the conference did a great job of realizing that, hey, you know, at the end of the day, conference is the most important thing. And so to maximize the, the amount of games that we can play, I think I think that's the right thing to do. And at the end of the day, we so prior to that, there was no contingency dates in the back end. So and, and now I think after February 28th until March 10th, there's about 10 days there where um, the conference left, left open to, to play some games, make up some games, whether that's on the road or at a neutral in Las Vegas. So I think that was smart on the conference part as well. But um, I, I think in order to maximize the, the amount of games that we can play um, doing those back-to-backs was the right thing to do outside of potentially bringing everybody to a bubble. And quite frankly, it, it'd be hard to do that. So, so Aaron, uh, just a, a little bit of a tangent off of the scheduling. Um, seven of the 11 Mountain West teams have already begun their season. Four haven't. San Jose State, New Mexico, Fresno State, and uh, CSU have not played Division One teams. Do you think it's an advantage or a disadvantage to uh, to be where they're at versus where the the four schools that haven't played D one opponents uh, are right now? I mean, I think there's some obviously pros and cons. I mean, uh, I mean, obviously we would we we want to play, um, but. Uh, taking a, a look back, I mean, you can you start to learn about your team and then you also learn about some of the personnel and schemes of, of what other teams are doing in your league. And, um, you know, yesterday I watched UNLV, I watched Nevada, and I watched Wyoming. Um, I watched all three at, at some point of the night um, and just get a better feel for what, what each team is doing. I've watched, you know, quite frankly, i watched all seven teams that have, have played already. So, um from that perspective, I mean, you, you get to learn a little bit about your opponent, their personnel, and uh, maybe a little bit about their scheme. But at the same time, we want to play. And um, there's nothing uh, that we can do that resembles game reps. And that's, quite frankly, what I think our need, our team needs probably the most right now. We have such a young team, and we still have guys that haven't played uh, in a college basketball game that are going to play significant minutes for us. So um, there's no sub- substitute for that. But there's there's – advantages and disadvantages of sitting right now. Any professional opinion on, on those Mountain West teams that you have seen played? I mean, San Diego State's looked pretty good. Nevada's looked pretty good. Utah State, eh. UNLV's looked surprisingly bad. Wyoming almost lost to Incarnate Word last night. I mean, any uh, any hot takes on basketball that you've seen? Um, I mean, I still think the league is, is deep. Um, there's a lot of talented players. Um, I still think, you know, all five of those teams that you mentioned are going to get better. And there, there's no, there is no easy win in this league whatsoever. And so um, I think our guys understand that um, we got to be ready to play when we're able to every night. Um, doesn't matter who it is. And I know our guys are excited for that opportunity. Um, but yeah, San Diego States looked very good. I mean, what they lost and what they brought back. I mean, they've right now, they look like the cream of the crop right now. What was the what was the decision process uh, with the league to come up with the the scheduling the way it was? Was it done strictly by Mountain West administration? Was there input from coaches and ads, or or how did that how did that work out? 
Yeah, I mean, everybody was involved from Coach Medved to Joe Parker to um, President McConnell. I mean, it was it was a collaborative effort amongst, you know, head coaches, ADs, presidents of each school. And I think at the end of the day, um, the tipping point was Orlando falling through. You know, they had just hosted the NBA bubble. Um, ESPN was, you know, in charge of that. Bubble not happen in Orlando was kind of, I think, the tipping point. And then, you know, you know, Boise was supposed to go down there. Utah State was supposed to go down there. Um, uh, New Mexico. So, I mean, I think teams, you know, teams around the league just realized, hey, like, you know, we, we got to – we lost X amount of games. Uh, how can we make those some of those up? And that was going to 20 games and, again, playing a, a true round robin in the league and, uh, that's that's kind of how it came about but yeah everybody had input you know it started with the head coaches and then administration got involved and then the presidents got involved so but they made the right decision how's the team faring health-wise right now i mean i i think the original reports were that there were two players that tested positive a couple coaches i think as well have have there been additional positive tests or has it basically been contact tracing that is that is sidelined you guys and 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 then beyond that how how's everybody now are we um how are the spirits and and are we back on the on the mend and, and almost ready to play yeah well well due to HIPAA I'm not allowed to say who um it has been more than two um we'll just say that um, um but our staff has remained pretty much clear of COVID so far which has been good um, in terms of overall health, you know, just um, no significant injuries, no minor injuries. I mean, our guys are, you know, we're rolling in the year with, you know, 10 scholarship guys, one, you know, one guy coming off a torn ACL who's been uh, rehabbing and, and starting to get into the, you know, some contact stuff. And so that's been good. But um, our other nine guys who have, who are ready to go are, um, you know, they're, like I said, they're chopping at the bit. They're ready to get out and, and start practicing and start playing games, and um, it'll be here soon enough. Are, are you actually practicing yet, or is that still to come? So we've had, um, for like today, for instance, we had uh, a small group that was able to get on the court. So um, we're out there with them uh, getting a workout in. We'll get a few few more back tomorrow. We'll get another few on Monday, and then that should be everybody. And then we'll be able to practice Tuesday, um, hopefully with our whole team. So, Aaron, you're you're part of a pretty good staff, I would say. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we, we we really like uh, Nico, obviously, um, and Dave Thorson, obviously a, a longtime basketball coach, legendary in in Minnesota. What tell me about what it's like to to coach alongside him and Ali and Jr. and and what kind of coach Nico is, what kind of a leader he is for the program. I mean, I've been fortunate to work for a Hall of Fame coach and Tubby Smith. Um, I've been fortunate to work for Richard Patino, who um, you know, quite frankly gave me an opportunity to stay there and to develop. And and then Coach, you know, Medved hired me at Drake, and um, I mean, I think he's one of the best in terms of his X and O mind um the way he conducts himself the way he runs a program um i mean i'm i'm extremely fortunate um to work alongside jr ali and coach thorson i mean 
I think we might have the best staff in the country in terms of chemistry and um, experience, uh, knowledge. Um, I mean, all three of these guys can do it all in terms of scouting, recruiting, um, game planning, um, building relationships, uh, networking. I mean, I don't really see any weaknesses in, in um, any of those guys. And I think, quite frankly, you know, we're pretty lucky to still be intact in terms of our assistant coaches um, and, and Coach Medved um, being able to work with each other now for, for year four. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't trade any of these guys for the world, and I think they would say the same about one another. Um, it's been fun. So hopefully we can keep this thing together and, you know, keep bringing in the right kids and guys who love to hoop and um, who value their education. That's important to us. So I mean, with, um, you, you mentioned the scouting part. I know that when, when Joel and I had uh, Coach Medved on, <laughs> who knows? I can't even remember when. It was a long, seems March, like forever ago, maybe, yeah. Last week, who knows? <laughs> but, uh, you know, he talked about the, the difficulties of missing out on the, the, the spring AAU season and, and not knowing what was going on in the summer. <laughs> How has that changed, like the recruiting uh, aspect? How has that changed the last uh, the last few months? And, and what are some of the things that that you're doing as a staff to uh, to get out there and meet the kids? So, quite frankly, our staff has not been allowed to see anybody since March, um, and that goes for the entire country. I mean, um, coaches shouldn't be seeing any players right now. Uh, who knows if that's happening? But anyways, um, you know, it's, it's about the relationships that our assistants have built around the country with, um, you know, coaches in Arizona, California, Texas, uh, Minneapolis. I mean, like I said, I think we got three assistant coaches and a head coach who truly value relationships. And I think that's helped us in recruiting, um, quite frankly. And um, the two kids we got coming in, I think, are going to be really, really good players. And I think. Ram Nation should be really excited about them. Uh, and they'll blend very nicely with what we have coming back. And um, I'm excited for for what this team can accomplish this year, but then moving forward, what we can do. Um, but yeah, no, recruiting's definitely changed. I mean, everything's virtual through Zoom. Um, you know, we might have one coach in Old Town and white, one coach on Horsetooth and one coach on campus. Um, and that's how, maybe how we might do a, a virtual tour of Fort Collins and CSU and, um, you know, Moby. So that's been interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been different, but everyone's dealing with it. It's, it's you know, we try to be proactive and um, creative in how we recruit these kids. And I think it's paid off. So obviously the only you, since you can't do any visits or anything like that, you're totally dependent on tape um, to, to evaluate tape. What's that like? Well, we, I mean, I mean, we, we watch a ton of tape on, on high school kids. I mean, if you look at our database, we probably have 125 to 150 different high school prospects in there um, from 21s to 23s. Um, but then, yeah, it's, it's about, evaluating the tape and then also the relationships that, you know, our assistants and, and coach Medved have across the country. And um, that's, that's truly 
um, you know, because because we value the character piece, the, um, the academics, and, and there's more than just basketball that uh, we were, you know, we recruit to. So making sure everybody in the circle of a kid that we're we're really targeting or really interested in checks off um, is important. You're a young guy, Aaron. In in relatively, I'm getting up there. You're a lot younger than me. <laughs> no, you're not. You're a lot younger than me. I know that. And uh, you've had a few stops here in your career. What you know? What do you envision for what? What are your career goals? Where do you want to? What ultimately do you want with with your career? Yeah, no, I you know, obviously right now the the most important thing to me is you know, doing my job at, uh, to the best of my abilities and. Um, letting my work, you know, speak for itself. And hopefully one day that, that may lead to me being on the road recruiting and, uh, and coaching. But ultimately, you know, I'm, I'm so fortunate to be doing what I'm doing with, with this group of guys and with our staff. And so I, uh, you know, I just take it one day at a time and do the best that I can at, at the, the roles and tasks I'm given and whatever happens after that happens. But Ultimately, I like to coach. That, that's that's the goal. Um, so we'll see what happens. Compared to the other stops that you've been, how does CSU fare as far as having the campus, the facilities, the gym, the weight room, you know, everything that goes into it, the coaching staff, financial support? How does that compare? Do you have the resources that you need to to win at the Mountain West level, to win a Mountain West championship, to go to the NCAA tournament on a regular semi-regular basis absolutely you know when I was at Minnesota um we didn't have a nutritionist you know we have two full-time nutritionists here um you know you have the weight room you have the court they might look different but they they you get the same work done in, in, in those spaces and so it's about the people I think we have the right people here I know we have the right people here um I know we have the right kids here and so it's you know in my opinion, it's a matter of when, not if. And as long as our guys keep working, we'll let the do we'll let the work do the talking. But no, in terms of the resources, we have everything we need to be successful um, and compete for for Mountain West championships at this level. And then, how about specifically this year? What what's your outlook on this year? Are it, how do you replace uh, Nico Carvacho? You've got a lot of good components coming back. Give us kind of your your overview and your expectations or hopes for this season. Sure. You know, we're obviously really excited about what we have coming back and what we're bringing in. Um, Nico was a huge piece of what we did last year. Um, but I think you'll see major strides in a guy like Deshaun Thomas, who his game is a little different than Nico's. He's not um, a back to a basket, back to the basket, physical post player, but he can stretch the floor. Uh, he runs the floor. He's got soft touch. Um, and so I think you'll see a different Deshaun Thomas and then James Moore's, um, I think people will be surprised of uh, what he is and, and what he can do on the basketball floor. Um, our guys like Kendall Moore, Adam Thistlewood, John Tanjay, Isaiah Stevens, David Roddy, they've all taken a, a big step uh, in terms of improving defensively, um, understanding our scheme better. I mean, last year was we, we changed our whole defensive scheme. So another year under their belt, uh, another year of practice in, in that defensive scheme, I think will certainly help. Um, so I think the sky's the limit for this group. Um, they, they love to compete. Uh, they love one another. 
Um, like I mentioned earlier, the teams that will have the most success this year are the ones that are connected um, and that, you know, don't divide when adversity hits. And I think we got a group of guys that generally love each other and care for one another and want to see each other succeed. And I think that will bode well for this group. Hey, Aaron, along those lines of players, um, from what you've seen, and I know this is kind of a, a tough question because you're around all the players. Is there any one player that you think uh, is ready to break out in uh, 2021? I mean, no one in particular, per se. I mean, each guy's gotten you know, better at, in different areas. Um, but I'll tell you what, I think our two bigs will surprise some people in terms of how they stretch the floor and what they can do on the uh, on the block and uh, they're just different than what we've we've had in the past with, with Nico um, not good or bad but they're just different and I think that will um, open up some things more for a guy like Isaiah Stevens and Kendall Moore to, to penetrate a little bit and get in the lane and uh, you know you got to guard Adam Thistlewood from three so I think the spacing will be a little bit better um, just based off our personnel just from seeing some stuff on Twitter how much weight is that Adam put on like he looks a lot thicker than he did last season yeah he's about 200 pounds now um he was about 190 last year um but he's leaned out um he's gotten stronger he's been in the weight room he's somebody who, who deeply cares um about not only himself but our program and he understood that he needed to get better and stronger um especially on the defensive end i think he'll take a big jump there um but yeah no he's he's in great shape. Um, you never have to worry about him there. He, you know, he, he probably eats the best on our team as well. So, you know, you don't have to, yeah, and you never have to worry about Adam Thistlewood. He'll do what needs to get done. You mentioned you watched a bunch of, uh, you've watched a bunch of Mountain West teams play the games last night. Is there any one team that looks, that's surprised you so far? I mean, I realize it's a tough conference, but is there, is there one team that's, uh, that's jumped out at you? To me, it's San Diego State. You know, what they've been able to do the first 10 days of the season, I mean, defensively, they look better. Um, they obviously had the Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year last year in Malachi Flynn, and then you could argue K.J. Fegan was, if not the best defensive player, he was certainly maybe the second best defensive player in the league. Um, so to lose those two guys and a guy like Yanni Wetzel, um, you'd think they'd take a step back defensively, defensively maybe, but so far from what I've seen, I mean, they really guard, they compete, um, they're tough, they rebound. And so defensively, San Diego State has looked really impressive. And like I said, watching those other seven teams, you know, they're all talented. They all got, you know, guys that can go off any given night. And so we'll, we're going to have our hands full. Well, Aaron, I really appreciate all your time, man. I, I love talking hoops with you and all of your insights. And we're all excited because – you can see the upper trajectory of this basketball program and there's roster full of players that you can identify with that you enjoy that you really pull for and root for and then that really stems from the character of the coaching staff and and you're right there at the top with uh with with the good guys of college basketball so we really appreciate you and and look forward to seeing you here uh through that throughout the year all right thanks for having me on guys i mean i i do have a question before you go um your so, time in minnesota Juicy Lucy, right? Juicy Lucy's. Okay, so what <laughs> is your go-to? Which is it, Five Eight Club or is it Max? Or do you have a different place? I've never been to Five Eight Club. I heard it's good, but I, I used to go to Budor Pub. Okay, 
Oh, I have not been there. This reminded me. I see the Viking stuff. I'm a Packer fan, so <laughs> that's I'm, awesome. I'm from Madison, Wisconsin, so I'm a I'm a diehard Packer fan, and um, I will admit that you guys are the best running back in the league. I think. I went oh, to- this is all from BC Johnson, CSU, okay. CSU. Right. So fair enough. <laughs> He's a big. He loves Wisconsin, uh, the Badgers as well. So, so you guys hey, have a lot so in common. My place is the Nook. I don't know if you ever went there in St. Yep. Paul. Yep. But yeah, that's that's my go-to every time I'm there. Get some bowling in and and have some juicy Lucy's and. Uh... Yeah. No, you guys know the Blue Door. There's one in St. Paul. There's also one right off campus. Um, they just built one on campus right before I left. So, um, the tater tots are, are also phenomenal. Uh, I, I will have to look it up next time. I love, I love going there. Yeah. So. No, if you ever need uh, restaurant recommendations, let me know. I will. I will definitely do that. <laughs> so, all right, pal. Thanks so much. Yeah, hope to see you guys soon in person, and we got to golf soon. Sounds good. You man. got. I, I wish I could take you out this weekend, but there are no times available in Highland Meadows. <laughs> I try to get out there last weekend, but same thing. But it's appreciate cool. you guys a lot. All right, thanks, yeah. appreciate you guys. Catch you around. All right, before we go to break, let me remind you that Shields has been a great partner for us the past couple of years, sponsoring our Pick'em Contest. We hope that when you're in the market for CSU gear or other sports gear, you're going to give Shields first shot at your business. They've actually got a huge selection of CSU gear at the store and on their website, and more than half of it is currently on sale. Uh, They also just wrapped up their Black Friday sale this past weekend, but they're starting their winter outdoor sale this weekend. So make sure you check out online or stop by the store in Johnstown. It is amazing. This place is 250,000 square feet of sports gear and entertainment. They offer Colorado's largest selection of sporting goods, outdoor gear, apparel, and footwear. Inside, you're going to find a 65-foot Ferris wheel, a 16,000-gallon aquarium filled with fish, (laughs) interactive games and simulators for the entire family, a cafe, and they've got experts in more than 80 specialty shops that are ready to assist you. When you're in the market for gear, CSU gear, sporting goods, get to Shields. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back. This segment is brought to you by Ginger and Baker. Like most businesses in the restaurant industry, they've been impacted by the COVID restrictions. They, they're allowed to serve people outdoors, but as we get into the colder winter months here, it's obviously difficult for them, but they're staying afloat by serving carryout orders and delivery from the cafe. All you got to do is visit their website, gingerandbaker.com, to see all their offerings and to place your order. You can order holiday pies to bring uh, for your family events these ho- this holiday season. And I would highly, highly recommend, I'm going to buy a couple of these, but they've got tremendous customized gift baskets. You can actually ship some, you can pick up and and take home, Uh, but great for uh, family and friends as gifts or business gifts. Ginger Graham is such a tremendous person and a supporter of RamNation.com. Let's give back to her business in this time of need. Don't buy your pies from a supermarket. Go get a gourmet pie from Ginger and Baker and let's support our great Ram Nation sponsors. All right. Well, that was awesome having Aaron join us there. We we expected to have him in the second segment, but when you're doing everything remotely and you're on Zoom and you see Aaron pop up suddenly on your screen, you you shift on the fly. So it actually worked out. We didn't get too deep into our first segment, but um, I was just <laughs> just welcoming in Steve and Mike. But uh, I want to make an announcement because I'm really excited about this. Steve Ivy, 
who I've known for a long time now, uh, joined, he was a regular Ram Nationer pretty much from the early days. And I think our first year was two, 2000. He was there at least shortly after that. One of the smartest guys, just love his insights and his takes and, and his observations of both football and basketball. But his specialty as a went to Duke, he knows college basketball and he is a college hoops extraordinaire. He's got a great college hoops blog called Crackers College Hoops. Uh, he's bringing that over to Ram Nation this year, which is just awesome. Really excited about this. Not that it really anything changes, but now I, I'm on Ram Nation every day and now I just have to click onto his little section. I'll see all the stuff right there. Um, but Steve, love reading work. Always love your insights. Um, I'm, I'm really glad you're bringing uh, your talents to, to South Beach or to Ram Nation. <laughs> Joel, I, I want to thank you for, uh, <laughs> I can't thank you enough. Um, it's, uh, I, Joel came to, uh, it, it's one of these things that's worked out. I had certain things that I wanted to do and uh, Joel offered something to me and it's, it has nothing to do with money. There's no money in this. This is just uh, Ram Nation no, provide, providing a, a medium <laughs> Uh, for my passion um, for the 2020-21 uh, uh, college basketball season and mostly uh, the Colorado State basketball program. Um, and so I'm really excited to, to have this, uh, to have this uh, path uh, by which my, uh, my blog will be uh, directly part of Ram Nation as opposed to just a link. You know, I know uh, with, with, the, with your blog, it's, it's, it's great. You, you provide some uh, amazing insight. I mean, you, you know the players. You're there at every game. You see everything up close, and and you always say, you're "Like I don't like to, I don't want to write if I'm not there." But I know last year you did a couple times whenever you were uh, uh, recovering from hip surgery, and you talked about <laughs> it. But the thing I love is is how you tie it in to the people you see. <laughs> you know, when you run into a Ram Master, you run into uh, El Diablo. I mean, you, I mean, you talked about, you know, my daughter and I, <laughs> you know, running into us at games, and, and and I love that aspect. I mean, it just it just makes makes people buy into the program even more. And, and that's I know that's not even really your your job. I mean, you don't work for the university, but that's what you do. And, and you know, I appreciate it, and I know that all the other all your other readers do too. So. So it's a great day. I, I'm, I know Joel told me about this yesterday and, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome to hear it. And it's awesome to share it with the rest of Ram Nation. Well, and, and thanks, Mike. I, you know, it's, I, I'm old. I'm not a kid anymore. I've been around the block once or twice and um, I, I've learned a lot over the years. And one of them is it's really people that make a difference. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things going on in this world, but ultimately um Ram Nation has been a wonderful vehicle for me to get to know tons and tons of wonderful people via Colorado State Athletics, but I've gotten to know them outside of just going to games um, and learning more about their backgrounds, the things they do, what's interesting, uh, what, what they're interested in. I, it's, it's been a wonderful thing. And I, that's, that's why I like I liked the personal part. You know, I'll, I'll tell you one thing I, I really regret last year that I didn't do. And that was with El Diablo after the Utah State game. Sam Merrill was doing a TV interview after the game. And 
afterward, he walked away and El Diablo's kids were there. And I missed the opportunity to get a picture of Sam Merrill with El Diablo's kids. And that that's the kind of stuff I live for. That was just, that would have been a special moment for all of us. Well, you've got a unique eye for the game, Steve, and obviously a nice pedigree. Um, it was fun hanging out with you in Durham last, last uh, gosh, it was about a year ago. It was, it was about a year, about what, a year and two weeks ago. Um, so that was a blast kind of on your stomping grounds and hearing some of your stories and very, very cool experience. So we're, we're just happy to have you, Steve. And, and um, I know nothing changed. You weren't going away, but um, I'm glad that we'll, we'll keep reading your stuff and, and see it prominently on, prominently on Ram Nation. So, um, and I guess I want to start there. I mean, we haven't had men's hoops yet. And I know that you will probably also, um, be, be dabbling in some women's stuff. You, you follow the women's team very closely as well. They've got a couple of wins against our Mac opponents so far, uh, but they open up conference play, I think. Tonight. Uh, tonight. And, tonight and on, tomorrow, they're right? They're on uh, Mountain West Network tonight. <clears throat> At Fresnick. Yep. At Fresnick. So um, have you gleaned anything from uh, on, you know, quickly on the, on the women's team so far? Uh, I have not. I haven't, uh, I, I haven't uh, spoken to Ryan or, uh, <clears throat> or other people inside the program in a while. Um, they invited me to play golf about two months ago and uh, my shoulder was still screwed up. So uh, that would, that's the time when I usually uh, get a chance, but uh, I've had a chance to watch them on the, the, the D2 games. They, it's a brand new team and a lot of brand new talent. Uh, the exciting thing to me is they've got, they're starting two freshmen. If you remember the the run we had uh, to first place, four straight uh, Mountain West Conference regular season championships began with two wonderful freshmen from Sweden named uh, Ellen Nystrom and uh, uh, Ellie Gustafsson. Um, they started pretty much every game over their four years. I think Ellie missed one game. Um, but uh, they're starting two freshmen, uh, a gal from uh, from Washington, Ellie uh, Boni, and, uh, and a girl from... Uh, from Cherry Creek High School, uh, Callie Clark, and um, they're going to be four-year players. They're wonderful players, and they filled in with a bunch of transfers. So I'm really looking forward to to seeing how they do against Fresno. Fresno was is the, was the Mountain West uh, regular season champion last year. Well coached, woman named Jamie White, who actually I got to meet out here when she was the coach of uh, the UNC women before she took the Fresno job. I got to know her pretty well. I actually fit her for a set of Callaway golf clubs. So um, it's going to be a big, they play tonight and tomorrow night and we'll see how they do um, win or lose. I think we're going to see a much better program than, uh, than what we've seen the last uh, couple of years. You know, th this is going to be Ryan's first shot at seeing him too, right? Yep. yep. <laughs> he, had to, he had to set out for contact tracing. So I, I, I will tell you this, I, Ryan is, I, I never talked to him about uh, Ellie Boni, but uh, when Callie Clark was a junior, she came up to uh, she came up to a game, and I was talking to Ryan after a game, and he just pushed me pushed me aside at one point after we talked for a few minutes. He says he he looked at me and he said, "Hey, I gotta go. I'm recruiting the best the best uh, eleven you know, the best class of uh, 2020." Uh, player in the state of Colorado. I got to go talk to her and her parents. He has wanted Callie Clark since uh, since he first saw her play, and he was very excited about her before she even began her junior year in uh, in high school. So um, she's going to be a great four year player. Well, all the best talent comes from that school. So, except for in baseball, 
<laughs> after, after 92 it, no, it got better <laughs> uh, oh Michael well hey, Mike I don't know if you knew this a little little piece of trivia Cherry Creek I don't know when Cherry Creek High School really started but the guy who was the principal that put him on the map was my high school principal a next door neighbor on Long Island a guy named Henry Cotton <laughs> I, I remember oh, that name that's that was, before my time. It was before me, but I certainly, I certainly remember that name. So, so, so since we're since we're talking about women's hoops, um, you've had a couple of lean lean years. It kind of coincides with with uh, Coach Mosier leaving. He seemed to be the one that he seemed to find like that European gym, and I know he did the same at at Atlanta, Alaska before he came in. You think these last two years have been just kind of adjusting to, to new roles for the staff or is just two years of bad luck? What a tremendous question. I think there's some, I, there's some things that happened a couple of years ago. I think there's certainly an adjustment to, to Mosier. He's a heck of a coach. Um, but the, the season, what, two years ago when uh, uh, a lot of people left the program and it was kind of a, a little bit of a surprise uh, I know, I remember talking to Ryan uh, about it a little bit without getting into the gory details. Um, one player on a Friday was talked to after the season and was all excited about be being the leader of the team next year as a senior and they had a great conversation. And the following Monday, she came in and said, I think I'm going to transfer. I don't think I'm up for that. And that was just the start of Things. They lost. They lost a lot of players one year, and they had to scramble to find enough players to play. And it's been, you know, kind of a scramble the last few years. I think they're finally locked in now with the the coaching staff. They they lost some other coaches too, besides uh, besides Mosier. Um, and uh, I think they're the the staff has now been together, and they're starting to to bring in some uh, some some better players. Um, so I look forward to it. Ryan's a heck of a coach and they have a, they have a really good staff. It's just a matter of uh, getting, getting players together for some time um, and getting them to play together. It's all chemistry right now. You know, I mean, I've gotten to know Ryan since he, since he's come in. I mean, him and my, him and my wife talk all the time. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> you know, he always calls her coach and threatens to put her on the end of the bench, you know, when we come up there. But you see that you see that relationship that he has that with, with fans and, and with everybody in the building and, and you're seeing that with with men's basketball. I mean, Aaron, you know, this is the first time I, I really talked to him. I mean, he's a great kid, a kid. I mean, he's <laughs> you know, he's young. Exactly, exactly. But but you can see you can see how that's changing the men's basketball program too. Is and, and he talked about it like the relationship between between all the coaches and and the roles that they all play and and, and you're seeing that with the the new growth of, of men's basketball in Fort Collins and you know it makes me really excited obviously it sucks that you know we've had we've had a few positives and, and with the contact tracing we haven't got to start but I'm looking forward to a lot of big things and it, and it starts with those staffs absolutely and I, like I said, I have, I have pretty good relationships with, uh, with both the staffs. Um, they're top notch. They're just really wonderful people first. And, uh, they, you know, the knowledge, the knowledge they have, uh, in terms of basketball goes beyond anything, uh, 
they got more in their little finger than I have in my head, but more from the people side, they're just really interesting, fun guys to hang around with. Well, the, the, you know, the excitement that these guys have brought with the way last year went, the bunch of returning guys, um, they compete. This is a, this is a program that, that you expect to just keep going up, which is what makes the postponement of our season frustrating to say the least you know obviously we were supposed to play tonight and saturday and um that that was canceled we're supposed to play cu and unc as as aaron talked about those were canceled you know hopefully we we hear like he said there's going to be some announcements of some more non-conference games coming up we got st mary's on the road which which is a, a a great game uh but you know what i mean what is your take on this does it seem like yeah, there's a lot of frustration. You see it coming out on our message boards, but um, does it seem like this has hit us harder? It's just, it's hard luck because some of the football cancellations have not been CSU's fault. The one last week was, uh, the basketball ones were. We're not the only ones dealing with this. You know, there's been a ton of cancellations across college sports. I just saw today that the, the Las Vegas Bowl will not be played. So that kind of makes losing that bowl game in the, in the Mountain West a little less painful, uh, at least this year. But we've had a lot of negativity publicly for a lot of reasons this offseason, including claims that we weren't following COVID protocols very well. So I imagine CSU's being extra cautious on some of their decision making and what are your thoughts on all this? Is you think there's anything that our admin, you know, there's some insinuations from our fans that there's things that our admin probably could be doing better to avoid this, which I don't buy into um, uh-huh. with three cancellations of football and, and four, four cancellations for, for hoops so far. You know, you, you brought it up with Aaron and most, most fans know I, I follow Wisconsin athletics, big Badger football fan. <laughs> I haven't seen them play in one time in the last month. I mean, they've had, Three games canceled. Um, as of right now, on Thursday, you know they're supposed to play this weekend, but that could change in the next 24 hours. So it's not like Joe Parker's taking over for Barry Alvarez in, in Madison and, and calling the shots there and canceling games. That's driving me crazy. Uh, reading the message board and, and seeing everybody blaming Parker and McConnell for this. It's, I mean, it's where we're at. I mean, it, it sucks as a fan. It sucks, but I mean, it, I mean, it really is. That's it's where we are at. And, and there's not much you can do about it. I mean, last weekend there were, I, I counted up 60, what was it? 64 division one basketball games canceled from Wednesday to Saturday. You know, there were five top 25 football games canceled last week. Uh, you know, and that's just top 25. I think there were 16 total games that were, were canceled. You know, it's, it's across, I mean, it's called a pandemic for a reason and it sucks as fans. It sucks. You know, I hate that. I mean, the last CSU game I watched was the Boise state game, you know, and that sucks. Right. So I don't know if I told you, well, I mean, I, I kind of knew what happened in that game, but I didn't watch it. I knew, I just had a feeling and it, you know, getting back to this, I, I don't, we all want to see games. We want, all want to, uh, our teams to play. Um, I don't think there's, I think there's some bad luck that gets involved with this in terms of people that catch COVID. I, I know people that are unbelievably good about social distancing and washing their hands and wearing masks and they've gotten COVID it's, it's insidious. Um, and it happens. And if, 
if we have it, we have it. You know, the one thing that I don't want to minimize, I, I have so much respect, you know, for the for these young students that are playing these sports, whether it's football or basketball or volleyball or anybody who's practicing their butt off to try and be champions, knowing full well that a game may never come. And I have tremendous respect for the, di the discipline that it takes um, to be able to, to, to do that and to do it in a positive way on a daily basis. Um, we, are, we have it easy as fans. Um, imagine what it would be like if you, you practiced, you got your heads beat in, your brains beat in at practice four days in a row, and then you're ready to get on an airplane. And they say, oh, you're not playing. You know, that's just, that's a lot easier than what we're dealing with. And so what they're trying to do to keep things safe, uh, God bless them. I, we're going to get through this and this season is kind of just going to be one of those, one of those things that we're going to have to survive, but things will be back by next year. I'm convinced we'll have vaccines and things will be back. And, uh, and, you know, to blame Joe Parker or Joyce McConnell or so-and-so or so-and-so is ridiculous. Stuff happens. We're dealing with it. We'll get through it. There's no handbook for this. <laughs> Everyone's trying yeah. to figure it out on the fly and make the best possible decisions while, while maintaining the mission of education and keeping student athletes safe. So it, it, there's, it's a, it's a no win you're never going to keep everybody happy. And all you can do is, is try to keep everybody safe. So, um, and you look, I mean, with look at the concussion part up until 10 years ago, it was like, you know, get out there and play like, you're fine. You're fine. Get out there and play. And then everything that's happened in the last decade, it, it, it's so bad. We have no idea what long-term effects this is going to cost. If, if somebody does get a positive, yeah, they might not have anything. Now we don't know what's going to happen in 10 years. And we're, we're seeing lawsuits that are coming, you know, against the NFL, against against the NCAA from former athletes. And, and I mean, why would you want to put yourself in that situation down the road if if you're sitting there and you're like, OK, you're tested, you, you tested positive, you're tested negative now. Let's go out and play. And then in 10 years, they have heart issues. You know, to me, to me, it's not it's not worth it for the kids. Again, God, I wish we could be watching the game right now. We're not, and it sucks, but, I mean, again, it's where we're at. What do you think the mentality of the coaches and players are? I mean, they haven't played in three weeks. You're missing a good chunk of your of your starting roster right now. Adazio has said as much. He's he's also admitted that everybody is, you know, it's taken its mental toll. And he actually, he I think he's done a really good job communicating and being honest with the media through all this, and, and I really appreciate love listening to his press conferences because he just comes across as like a, a real down-to-earth guy and wearing his emotions on his sleeve but he never really uses anything as an excuse like this is what everyone's dealing with and we just have to figure out how to to come to play and, and to beat san diego state but you know you you get a call when you're probably a half hour away from boarding the bus to go to air force last week you know a rival and you're you're probably extra amped up because it's your rival and you had your game the week prior canceled late you know now you this year you're going on the road to play one of the better teams in the conference they didn't look very good against cu at least offensively look like crap but defensively they're good and you know this it's got to be a grind it's got to be a grind mentally where do you think that these guys stand right now and can you can you glean anything from this season i mean is there anything that's meaningful of this season or are we just trying to get a few games in and 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 get through and, and say yeah we played five games and We've got a little bit of experience and let's see what happens in 2021. 
Yeah, I, you know, I think I, well, I think it was Adazio that was talking. It's about building a program and building a culture this year. Um, yeah. But I will say one thing. It, it is a tremendously successful season, regardless of whether they play any more games or win any more games, because they have the bronze boot. <laughs> and, yeah. and I got to tell you, that's huge. <laughs> it yeah. really is. We got the boot. You know, it's it's easy well, to, Joel, to you, laugh I mean, at that, but it, it is meaningful. I mean, we haven't had it in a while, and yeah. uh, they showed that they can win a rivalry game. So that was that was that was absolutely huge. I'll tell you, you know, for me, I think the biggest takeaway is is Adazio and the staff finding where they have needs. You look, you look back to that Boise, Boise game and we, and we didn't do a podcast after that. Obviously it was brutal. You know, we always gave Bobo the benefit of the doubt when it came to recruiting, we all knew that he wasn't a great coach and, and yeah, he could script those first 15, 20 plays. And then after that, you know, he was just head, head face buried in that playbook, but we gave him that pass with recruiting because of the stars that 247 and rivals gave everybody that came here. And we always finished second. That game showed me that we don't have talent across the board. We, yeah, we have some great players, but we don't have depth and we don't have talent. And that goes back to the recruiting that happened the previous five, five seasons. And this year, I think it's a great opportunity for coach Adazio to find those needs and, and to see where we need to, to, to rebuild our program, see where we need to, to keep these players, you know, for next season, the ones that are, that are currently on the uh, team and to do it without that pressure of, I got to go, I got to win seven games. You know, I have to take this team to a bowl. He doesn't have that pressure this year. You know, and, and, he, and he can find he can find those recruits that are going to fit his mold and hopefully get that talent back. Special teams is all about is all about depth and having yep. athletes. Yep. And that game showed we don't have that. And Boise State does. And for us to get there, for us to get back to that level where, where we should be at the top of the Mountain West, we're not even close yet. Because Boise State has the depth, they have the athletes, and it showed. Freaking three, was it three in the first quarter? Three block kick, kicks in the first quarter for touchdowns. And it was all about speed on the edge that we don't have to even get in their way. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> so that's what I'm seeing. I now. think that's a great take, Mike. I do. <laughs> I, I think you're spot on. Yep. You know, that's what I'm seeing out of this season, Joel, is, is for Coach Adazio to find those holes and, and see where we need to build that depth and, and work on getting that for 21 without that pressure. But it sucks. It sucks. Joel, you, I mean, we both played baseball in the state of Colorado. How many times did we sit there and practice all week long, beautiful weather, and then three feet of snow and we're stuck inside for the next six days? It's devastating you know, when you get the game, the game pulled out from under you, especially – when you only have eight games this year and then you've had it knocked down to seven, six, and now five. So yeah. um, I can imagine these guys are, are just at their wits end, but so one other question for me, and then we can wrap it up, but um, thoughts on this, uh, this notion, this idea, this actually sounds like it's going to happen. Uh, the NCAA tournament is going to a bubble 
this year? Are they going to set up a handful of sites around Indianapolis? It sounds like I think it's probably the only way you can, can make something like this work in this year. Don't you think? Um, from my perspective, it sounds, I mean, obviously they've thought through, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. We'll get to a tournament. I mean, I just, I, I just think it, it could get a little goosey come January and February. I think, I think, you know, obviously I'm real positive about vaccines coming out, but I don't think we're over the worst of it yet. And I think we're going to see a lot of cancellations through January. I think we'll see some things. Uh, it seems like things tend to spike over holidays. I think we'll see some spiking from Thanksgiving and then spiking from Christmas and New Year's. And as we get into January and so um, it, with, with the vaccine kicking in slowly, um, it'll start moving under control, but I'm just hoping we get to the point where we have a tournament. It sounds like they've thought it through. Um, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they pick a field this year. Cause Aaron alluded to something he talked about, you know, an eye test being uh, used. They've tried to get away from that at the NCAA uh, selection committee level. They've tried to get more into analytics and the problem is the problem with analytics is they don't work if you don't play out of conference schedules. Um, they, you can't just play conference games and expect analytics to, to be able to dial in uh, teams across conferences. And so um, well, uh, that would be a challenge. At the mid-major level, you're right. You know, analytics automatically gives those Power Five conference teams in the Big East a, a leg up because you're playing – you're playing six, seven teams that are in the top 50 just in your conference. So yeah, for, you're exactly right. For us, you gotta be, gotta have a strong out of conference schedule to show and that. You, yeah. And you can't, you can't get there. I mean, as much as you try, you, you know, you normally you're going to play um, 12 or 13 out of conference games and you're going to be lucky to get seven in this year. And the seven aren't necessarily going to be with, anybody that's going to boost your resume, it's just to get games in because they want to play games, right? It's, and so, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I think, you know, the one, the, it, it's unfortunate we lost the Cal game and the, uh, the Oregon state game um, on the road. Those would have been two great games to play and two great games to win. And they were very winnable by this team. Um, we have St. Mary's, but it would be nice to have, you know, CU on there as well. Um, UNC is going to be decent. They're not great, but they're top 150 for sure. Um, and it'd be nice to have a, a, a bunch of those games, but we're not going to get them. And so this whole NCAA tournament is going to be, they're going to be people just violently going, how can you not pick this? How can you not pick that? And the bottom line is there's no good answers this year. Just try and get a field together, get them together in Indianapolis, play a tournament over a few weeks and let's have some fun with it. It'd be fun just to see games again and see a tournament again. I'll tell you, I, I think it's, it's a great idea by the NCAA. You know, you, we saw the success of the N NBA. We saw the success of MLB as far as getting the games in, uh, keeping players healthy, keeping coaching staff healthy. I mean, that's a thing that it's not just young, healthy players. It's, the staff, it's the behind the scenes stuff. Um, but, but you see how it worked out there. You're seeing how it's starting to fall apart in the NFL. The bubble works. And, and if we can, like Steve said, if we can get it that far, yeah, it, it, it'll be awesome. <laughs> I mean, it'll, it'll be great. Um, I think we need to go to 100 and 128 teams or, or 124 and give the top four 
seeds buys, but uh, that's just me. Yeah, I, it'd be, it would be fun to have a bunch of play-in games. Yeah, would, to, to be honest with you, it would be fun if they let everybody play and play it like an FA Cup. <laughs> Where everybody exactly. gets to play and you start with the lower level teams knocking each other out and then they gradually advance and they play against the top teams in the fourth round or whatever. That would be awesome. Um, I don't think they'll get to that point. I think it's uh, logistically it would be a little too hard to do, but I hear you on that. It, it's There are going to be teams that are left out that are going to be deserving that will not have the analytics behind them um but uh be very very good teams and in a regular a normal a quote normal year would probably have the analytics analytics behind them to to get them into the field well more importantly steve who's your favorite uh for the cfrl this year the crackers front rage league you know that boy, boy there you go I got <laughs> so it's got to be probably cu i would assume the analytics would say cu um they're pretty good they've got uh They've got uh, a couple of good seniors, um, uh, McKinley Wright and uh, Deshaun Schwartz, a good uh, redshirt junior and Evan Batty, and some very good young players. I don't think they're quite as good as last year. Um, they lost a few key seniors last year that were really good. If you look at if you look at when we lost to them last year at Moby, they had two seniors come off the bench that beat us. Their starting lineup that is back this year didn't beat us. Um, it's the guy, the two, the two seniors that came off the bench, uh, Lucas Seward and uh, was it uh, Shane Gat, Shane Gatling, I think they went for like, they went for like two thirds of CU's points. Um, so I, I, we can be competitive, with them. we're not going to play them. I don't think, I don't know if we're going to, I hope we can play them. It would be awesome to play them. Um, but uh, it might not be in the cards this year, but I, I like, I like CSU's, what chances against those teams? UNC is pretty good. Wyoming's improved. They they looked they looked good and they looked bad um, <laughs> in the first few games, um, but they're getting a, they're getting to a new system and they're learning. And they just brought a couple of players back that played last year that's get, missed the first two games and they'll contribute. Quam, Quam Marble and uh, and uh, Kenny Foster, two Colorado kids, just came back sophomores uh, that played last night. So. And DU, I don't know. I don't think they're going to be very good. Air Force is going to be a rebuilding uh, couple of years for Joe Scott. He'll start bringing in better players than what uh, uh, Pilipovich brought in. And uh, do, do we have any shot of, of any Salma sightings this year? <laughs> I, I was on the tw I was on the tweeter today, and they had one of those you know cheesy cheesy links to see Salma in a bathing suit at the age of fifty something. It's like. I don't fall for those things anymore because you got to scroll through about 300, you know, 300 clicks to be able to, to get to the one picture. So to the, um, to the payoff. No, I, 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 we'll see. We might, we, we will probably uh, have a cheese ball and, a, and Salma and a Salma and a cigar um, as the award, um, right. the annual award. Um, but we'll see. It's, it's going to be, it's, it's a shame because I don't know, we just don't know who's going to play and when. Um, it would be it would be fun to to just get together uh, to get some of these some of these games together, but we don't know. Um, we're pretty sure we're going to play a conference schedule until we play an out of conference game. I, I I'll believe it when I see it. Right. Well, boys, great talking to you as always. Appreciate your time, and uh, we'll see what happens this weekend. And we'll see if we get get some college hoops started up next week. Absolutely. I'll I'll. We'll try and spot an article or an article to send them over to 
uh, from my blog to, to make it uh, the Ram Nation, make it start popping, maybe do a little bit of a preview of the Mountain West and start covering the girls a little bit. Maybe after tonight's game, shoot a text message to Ryan and ask him how it went um, and how it felt. I'm more interested, to be honest with you, Joel, I'm more interested the wins and losses this year. Obviously, I care. I'm more interested in what the coaches and the players are going through. Just uh, that, yeah. that is, that makes it different. Um, and yeah. I think that's going to be a perspective I'm going to be looking to bring this year because it's, it's, it's different. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Well, can't wait to see it, Steve. All right, boys. Appreciate it. And uh, I will talk to you guys soon. You bet. Thanks, Joel. All right. Before we close, let me remind you to stop by Mighty River Brewing Company. They've got more than a dozen fresh beers on tap, including some great new releases for your drinking pleasure, including the Puffy Coat Porter and the Rafters Reward Irish Red on tap, along with a lot of other great options. They're serving on the patio with heaters. They've got food trucks visiting regularly. You can stop in and pick up four packs to go, as well as two different size growlers. So a lot of ways you can go in and support Mighty River Brewing Company. I just had Dan Miller, the owner, on our podcast last week. What a great job he does there. And what a tremendous Ram fan and supporter of RamNation.com he is. Please support him and Mighty River Brewing Company in this tough time. And as always, show RamNation.com on your phone and get $1 off your beer. Introduce yourself to Dan. Tell him thanks for all he does. And tell him go Rams. He will appreciate that. That should do it. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. Really appreciate Steve Ivey joining us today, Mike Rowe, my usual co-host, and Aaron Katsuma. It's great talking to him and catching up with him. Look forward to some football this Saturday. Look forward to seeing basketball start up here soon. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. Go Rams.